Welcome everybody to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast of Burn Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content over at burnorangenation.com. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends wherever you found it, whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, anywhere where you find fine podcast content. You can find Kyle and myself. Connect with us on social media at Longhorn Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where the Longhorn Republic, or shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. My name is Gerald, the good which I'm your host this week, like I am every week. And I'm joined by a man who switched to an all pork diet this week, Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you? I'm great, Gerald. I have long been saying that this is the, the tastiest opening schedule in the history of Texas football. Basically, they, they have the jambalaya opening. Uh, if I were playing chess is what I would call this. The jambalaya opening requires Louisiana pig rice, um, uh, which again, Louisiana pig and uh, rice to come. But we're on the pig portion of that, the cochon. Uh, the Louisiana uh, was a nice uh, appetizer. And now we, we head into um, we head into the meat. And uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about how, how meaty we think that is. But I'll, I'll tell you what: there's going to be a lot of pig jokes, um, a, a lot of a lot of um, a lot of pork-related items, some trivia, some facts. It's going to be good. Come along for the ride, folks. You're going to enjoy this. There's a, there's a fine steakhouse in Oklahoma. It's a prime steakhouse in Oklahoma City that does Brussels sprouts with uh, pork belly, mm. and it is absolutely one of the greatest things I've ever had in my entire life. They have like a molasses situation going on with it. It's just really good. And I'm probably going to, I probably cooked that uh, seven times as we can know. I don't actually have seven time pork belly. Money. It's just, <laughs> uh, you got to find weight. Really, it's just bacon because bacon's great, right? But we're here to talk about Texas going pig hunting. They're going to Vietnam, Arkansas to take on the Arkansas Razorbacks, former Southwest Conference rival. Texas is squaring off against them. It's their first home sellout since 2017 coming off a week where they actively booed their team because they fell behind against rice. And so Arkansas did not look great early on in week one. They trailed rice 17 to seven in the third quarter, got booed and then managed to score 31 unanswered to avoid getting pantsed on television. Kyle, just starting there, how are you feeling going into this game? Well, you could have said pants or pancetta, but um, no, uh, <laughs> that's right. There's more to come. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling good, Gerald. I'm not necessarily a betting guy, but I feel like the line is, is you know, th- three points always to the to the home team. Um, puts us close to a double-digit favorite um, with, with that in mind. Um, I still think it's light. I think that... that there are two factors that keep this from being Texas winning comfortably. I think, uh, I, I think the fact that Arkansas hates Texas with every fiber uh, of their being, at least in previous uh, meetings with the team. Again, players change out all the time. Coaches change out all the time. Fans don't, uh, but they don't necessarily get to, to, to call the plays. But I, I have a feeling that the Arkansas culture at large uh, is very much up for, for this game. Um, and, the the second part is the fans. I think that that sellout. I think the you know they they just have these like terrible tight close together loud metal bleachers in their stadium, and it gets loud and it sounds you know like a bunch of hooves crashing around and and uh, you know they have some some sizable uh, you, you know um, 
sow belly around there, you know. On on, so you, you get a lot of sweat, get a lot of noise, you get a lot of heat coming out of there. It's 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 a it's a tough place to play. I'm gonna give them that legitimately. Um, the, uh, the 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 pork bellies can can really shout and and get the voice uh, thrown around that stadium there. So that's all to say that I legitimately think that that they are a good team. They have a couple elite players, truly. Um, I think Texas is a better top to bottom roster. I think they will have a second week in a row where if they execute as the as the better team should, then they should be good. Arkansas has some really good players and I think it's going to be an incredibly hostile environment. And I I love this for that because you get those hostile game environment situations. Now Texas is going to go on the road a lot in some really hostile places this year. They're going to play a really big game in a few weeks in Dallas that'll be very very hostile and so getting this out early Feels good. Get those jitters out against the team that, again, was down 10 points to Rice in the third quarter. Get it out against those guys. The offense for Arkansas put up 335 total yards, 38 points in their opener. 31 came in the second half again after falling behind 17-7 to to Rice. Uh, they had a two-and-a-half point adjusted point per drive. You'd lop off a couple of drives at the end for garbage time purposes. 102 total yards in the first quarter, and then the bottom fell out in the second. Only 44 yards in the second quarter, which was not great. So I, I just don't know what to make of this team because you can't draw a ton of conclusions from week one. I feel like there's more that you can make of this team because there's no reason Rice should have been on the same field with them. If you watched the first three quarters of that game and then turned it off uh, it was a coin flip I mean again the fourth quarter Arkansas came alive and they have that potential they have that talent level um, but maybe we'll be eating our words in week three um, I, I, I don't think that Rice would have opened the season against UL against Louisiana um, and, and made that a close game I think Louisiana would have beat them by four or five scores um or, or more right I, I i think you know transitive properties are are tough i don't want to make leaps purely on that but um week ones are tough we said that uh caveats you know should be included for sure anytime you're starting a new season things could go a bit haywire but um it, it just it, it felt a little interesting i, I think that the, the the other item is we mentioned that we didn't think in week one that sark had necessarily opened all of the playbook. So maybe you could you could imagine that Arkansas didn't open all of their playbook, and so each team will open uh, to some percentage of their overall capacity, and maybe that will make this a more interesting game uh, as well. And again, I don't want to be cold takes exposed and say that I think UT is going to blow them out by seven score. That's not what I'm saying here. I think that if Texas plays the exact game they play last week and Arkansas plays anywhere from the exact game to a twice as good the texas you know should win that game that's that's what i'm saying is is ceiling floor where arkansas will have to step up to 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 make this not saying they can't um and again i don't want to give false confidence i don't or 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 arrogance right i want them to take this game completely seriously because there are and i think we should get into talking about that there are some some dudes on this arkansas team there's about four of them that legitimately can can beat and then that's not meant to be a shot that legitimately can beat most players, uh, you know, around the country that, that, that they have some, some safety, some receivers who are just absolute menaces. Yeah. And that like, we can, we can start on either side of the ball. I think KJ Jefferson is a kid who I think he can win games for you. He's a guy who's faster than he looks and he can, he's got it. He can play the game of football, but he also maybe doesn't 
always have the ability to beat you with his arm. He's way more dangerous with his legs, which is terrifying sometimes based on recent history of the Texas defense struggling with dual threat quarterbacks. Again, against Rice, he had tw- he went 12 of 21 for 128, threw a touchdown and an interception, rushed nine times for 89 yards and two scores. Like way more dangerous with his legs than he are than he is with his feet. And so having him with with a guy like Traylon Smith in the backfield who had 22 carries for 102 yards and a touchdown if they can get going, that's what opens up the the backside of the defense for a guy like KJ Jefferson to get some easy dunks over the top that could that could gash it. Yeah, absolutely. So KJ Jefferson is a guy who, if you can keep him stationary, I mean, we had a, a mobile quarterback in Levi Lewis in Week One who's who's more experienced, um, and and I think a more polished or kind of complete package. But uh, KJ Jefferson is a guy who's got a, a higher ceiling certainly, and and can be a playmaker, um, a, kind of a a, a budget friendly Spencer Sanders, right? He's a he's a player who can get hot and do some things, and he's got a cannon. I mean, when he's moving around, running around, almost almost like a like a swoops, but but with a bit more speed. Um, but he's not particularly accurate. Like he kind of rears back to throw and everyone in the stadium on both sides hold their breath. Like, <gasps> where's it going to go? Because I don't think it's really known. I don't think accuracy is, is necessarily his his key. He is much more accurate on the run. Um, I think when if you can keep him mobile, he is a person um, who is legitimately a significantly better passer when his body is in motion. Um, so again, that will be a matchup to watch of how our edges uh, can, you know, can, can collapse the pocket or keep him contained in the pocket a bit and not let him get outside and and get those moves but especially when he's when he's moving left he really can do some things um there but i i do think again big play potential all over him a uh, guy averaged 10 yards a carry two touchdowns in week one um it's always been the mo on him he could do it with his legs but you know i don't necessarily know that he is a better passer than than what texas saw in week one and levi lewis who who again is is a fine pass. I don't even think any, either of these quarterbacks will be the two most dangerous throwing threats that you have. Like you said, when you get a, a mobile quarterback with a good solid running back, um, it, it does, you know, it makes, takes the defense's uh, eyes. You know, you have, you have linebackers who were great making tackles last week. If Overshun and, and Brocker Meyer, you know, bite down a little bit, you have, you have drag route routes coming across with some good receivers. So, I mean, it, it there is some talent here. Don't, don't get it wrong. There, there are some, some, some game breakers, some home run threats. Um, and, and I, I think there, there is some danger to this offense, but again, if Texas does what they did in week one, if they keep things in front of them, if they are, um, if they are not, you know, not getting to um not biting on the first the first read or the first action and able to kind of play discipline then i think again they can they can talent their way to really keeping this offense in check yeah i think that's that's where you you said it right and i think they can definitely talent their way into it i keep coming back to this arkansas has dudes arkansas has dudes but they don't have as many dudes they, if you can if you can shut down or target you know, maybe three guys on either side of the ball, you you can win this based on, you know, just what's on paper. Uh, we're at the wide receiver spot. They've got uh, Traylon Burks, who had five receptions for 42 times, 42 yards, who's actually targeted nine times in that game. So, you know, he is uh, Jefferson's probably favorite target. Uh, Tyson Morris, three receptions, 42 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and then Davion Warren, two receptions, 14 yards. Uh, he was targeted five times, so probably right up there in the mix as well. But again, don't spread the ball around a ton. They They've got really three guys I think that could try to play and try to beat you on the offensive side. And so, again, I I just I I'm having a hard time taking 
Arkansas's offense specifically as like a credible threat. Is that am I like am I am I way off on that? There's one guy we finally got to him. This is the guy I've wanted to talk about. This is the best player on Arkansas's team, one of the best players in the country, legitimately, is Traylon Burks. He had the highest PFF graded on on targeted on yards of 20 plus. He loves the deep ball. He's 6'4, he runs a 4'4. He's going to play on Sundays. He might be a first or second round pick. He's that good. He has great hands. He's legitimately good. The fact that their quarterback isn't as accurate is the thing that gives me a little pause. But whichever, whoever gets stuck with him, and Jameson is likely, it's going to be a tough tough matchup because he's big and he's he's physical and he gets balls and I mean he was an all-SEC player um he he has you know all-American type size and talent you know he hasn't been able to like channel that consistently but again that may be uh line or quarterback play or or defensive scheme but he is the guy I think and we'll talk about one particular guy in the defense as well um who who will determine how far this goes um but he's Again, if you're a fan of an NFL team, you hope that you're you hope that Burke struggles this week, plays great the rest of the you know season, and gets drafted by your team. I mean that legitimately. If the Ravens got uh, Burks, I would be I would be elated. He he had I can't remember it now, but they posted his off season like workout numbers, and he had like power clean and squat numbers that our offensive linemen would have been jealous of. And I, I don't say that facetiously. He's a, he's a freak. Um, he will be, a, I mean, Texas tech has, has a nasty receiver um, in, uh, in, in Um And, I, uh, and uh, there will be two or three others that, that may challenge uh, Traylon Burks for the best receiver that Texas faces all year, but it very well could end up being him. And I, and so I say that to say their offense will go as far as he is, you know, he goes, we might keep a second guy to keep an eye on him. We might, you know, try to chip him underneath and have a safety over top. We may do various things there because I, I don't know if you take him out, what, what else, um, what else they have. And the fact that rice was able to hold him to five catches for 42 yards does make me feel a little bit better. But again, I don't necessarily blame Burks for that. I'm going to put that on their ability to get the ball in his kind of catch radius, because again, he's, he's got the, he's got the skills, he's got the tools and uh, he's done it against good opponents. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's an incredible, incredible player. And so we'll find out more what he can do. Arkansas struggled on third downs, three of 11, uh, five of five though, in the red zone, four touchdowns and a field goal shifting to the defense. This is again, why I'm having such a hard time taking Arkansas seriously. And I, I went on uh, our, the Ragin' Review last week, and, and I thought I was hot taking it up, but I said that I was more worried about UL than I was about Arkansas. And then Arkansas went laid an egg against Rice. Um, but on defense, they gave up 308 total yards, uh, 81 net rushing yards on 39 attempts, 227 through the air, which is interesting to see, 13.4 yards per completion. This defense... Again, to the Rice Owls, gave up six passes longer than 15 yards, including a 41-yard touchdown. That's just, again, those numbers. Again, weak, hard to draw conclusions from week one, but the numbers are what they are, and we've got to try to do something with it. That's not a great look. Yeah, again, I, I think Texas has a better offense than Rice. So, you know, <laughs> if, if, if you can extrapolate that, then I, I think that that could spell some really interesting things. There's some size on the defensive line for Arkansas, so we'll be curious to see what Texas um, what Texas does. But uh, <coughs> the um, I think Texas's line should have a chance to. Again, I said on last week's review or on, on the earlier this week's review podcast from the first game that 
that should be our floor. I expect our offensive line to actually have a better game against this defensive line. There are some good linebackers um, for Arkansas, and I think that you know there's one safety in particular I want to talk about in a name that Texas fans will be uh, familiar with. But I think the linebackers, the same way that for UT determine how good the defense is, but with other talent in front of and behind them, Arkansas is truly a linebacking-fronted unit. They have one safety who does a lot for them, and then they have a couple linebackers who will really determine if they give up, you know, 10 points or, or 40 points. I think it, it is it is um, that big of an impact for them because they have, uh, well, well, we'll just go ahead and talk about them. They have a man who is named after a, a, an obscure sport, uh, and that's, of course, Mr. Bumper Pool. Yeah, so Bumper Pool is... Um... Well, he's a great player, but he's also not going to be playing in the first half of the game, which I'm not necessarily <laughs> mad about. Uh, so he, I hate the college targeting rules. I think college targeting rules are super dumb, but Bumper Pool's not going to play, and that's okay. So he led the team 14 tackles uh, before being ejected from the game due to, again, what a weird targeting. Um, Jalen Catalan is another guy named that, it hurts me to say out loud that he's not in Texas, but I had 11 tackles, two picks uh, for a total of 85 return yards. Those two guys on defense are just absolutely the two that you have to look out for. And again, Texas only has to worry about one of them for the first 30 minutes of the game, which is a pretty solid uh, advantage in their corner. Yeah, Jalen Gatlon is a is a is a player who is everything that we hoped. Uh, Caden Stearns could have been if he kind of kind of stayed healthy and played his whole uh, career at that level. Um, Catalan is, is is an All American this year. Again, they have Traylon Burks on one side, Jalen Catalan on the other. Both All SEC players. Both I think last year Catalan was a third team All American. I would expect him to be a first team All American if if his game one type of numbers continue. He just looks like he plays fast downhill. There are some good safeties in the Big Twelve. He would he would will probably be the best one we play all year. Now, does that mean that he's going to single-handedly mitigate the Texas passing offense? No. I promise you that Steve Sarkeesian has schemed around uh, individual players better. Bumper pool, a guy who has talent, no doubt, um, but he's really just that vacuum. He just scoops everything up. I don't think you necessarily have to game plan, for, even in the second half, around him. Just know that whatever you run, he's going to be making tackles. If you throw it short, he's going to be on one side. He's going to be on the other side. He's going to chase your running back. Um, he's not the fastest guy. He's not the strongest guy. He's just a guy who's everywhere. Um, and so he's a really interesting player in that, again, if he only plays one half, he might only get 11 tackles. You know, um, he, I think he was he had over 100 tackles last year. I think he was second in the SEC or something like that. But he just he, he averages like – you know, 10 a game legitimately in his career. So um, those guys are interesting. They have some other linebackers. They have a linebacker who stepped up when, when uh, pool went out. But um, again, those are the two names that you need to just know. And the two that you watch and kind of whatever camera angle they give you, if they show both of them, try to make one. eye go follow one and, and, and the other, I follow the other when, when the fighting, the, when the fighting hams uh, are on your TV screen next week. I like the fighting hams. That's a good, that's a good nickname for it. Let's, let's, uh, let's try to make that a thing. All right, Kyle. So let's, Let's hit it. Let, who's going to be your – let's start with, with MVPs. Let's do, I like doing that every week. So who do you think is going to be the offensive MVP for the Texas Longhorns? Uh, I, I'm struggling every week to not say Bijan Robinson. I'm like I, I'm talking my, my way into why it, it, it isn't him. Um, and, and here's what I'm going to say is I think – Rice had success with an outside receiver who was 6'2", 
180 not super strong necessarily or not super like big but 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 big enough and then a guy who got open and made some plays so i'm gonna hope that jordan whittington can be now come on look if i'm not saying Bijan, and it's hard not to but i'm gonna force myself not to i'm gonna i'm gonna go on a limb and say it's hudson card that was going to be my pick as well. And so for the sake of us not having the same <laughs> one, so know that my initial pick was going to be Hudson Card. I legitimately think that Xavier Worthy is going to have a, a get-off game. I think Xavier Worthy is going to have a game where – because you, you're going to roll Catalan to one of the two sides. You're going to roll him to either Worthy or you're going to roll him to Whittington. And so like the, the way that the defensive string works is when you roll one guy one way, there's a gap in the string on the other side. So I really think that – uh, especially, I think they're, I think they're going to try to, uh, to, to run up the score early in the game. And so that, that requires getting Xavier worthy involved early and often. So Kyle, who's going to be your defensive MVP for the game? Well, I think we talked about the linebackers last week. Um, I think this week you said linebackers, I said specific linebacker. Let's not lose sight of that. Uh, fair enough. We both talked about linebacker unit of sorts um i think this week it is going to be i'm going to steal uh linebackers down into my edge rushers i think edge rushers are going to be the 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 mvp because i think um we saw a relatively vanilla um kind of we did have some kind of interior i actually absolutely love they did they had that dog blitz going where they blitz both of the uh linebackers on the inside and had them cross um some call it the X dog or cross dog. Um, but I like that blitz a lot, but I think we're going to, we didn't see a ton of edge blitzing. We just saw, you know, whoever was lined up on the edge coming, um, whether it was Thornton, whether it was Ovi, whoever, you know, w- w- was on the edge there. I think it's going to be kind of the general defensive end Jack edge group. I think it's going to be, you know, Thornton, Ovi, a combination of those two. I think Jacoby Jones is going to have something to say, uh, but I think they're just going to send a lot of pressure to try to keep, the uh the pocket and try to keep the quarterback inside of it right i think we talked about when we did our you know kind of breakdown of what their offense is going to do kj jefferson likes to move so what you do you try to you know get him before he moves or keep him from moving too far outside and make him a pocket passer so i think there's going to be a lot of edge pressure if you make me pick one i'm going to say ovi because i think he's our best edge rusher on the team just skill set um so I, i i if you make me pick i say ovi if not i say the edge unit this week I'm going to make you pick. There's no more of this, like, give it to everybody <laughs> stuff. And, again, you and I are of the same mind because Obi was going to be my pick. So, Come on. Again, for the sake of – for the sake of it's Kyle, it's like we've been friends for 15 years or something. Uh, <laughs> for the sake of keeping it uh, keeping it spicy, I, I'm going to go D. Overshone again. I think D. Overshone nice. has a lot to say in this – especially playing a quarterback like – KJ, where it's going to require a linebacker who's kind of got his eyes in the backfield at all times. You don't always want that, but when your quarterback is really probably looking one read and then run, you're going to want a linebacker who's always watching him. So I really think, and that's kind of what Overshone can do, especially with the skills that he brought down with him from the safety spot. So the part of the show that we give some sort of fake award for, Podstradamus, <laughs> Kyle, what is your first Podstradamus pick? of the week the texas quarterbacks will throw over 300 yards um i I hesitate to say hudson card because i do think that this is a game that texas could get up and and he could throw for 280 and casey thompson could come in and and i hope they let casey throw a little bit too uh if he comes later if he comes early maybe you know but either way i think that even if it is card i I just think that the texas quarterbacks are going to throw this week for over 300 yards i think they're going to connect on a couple of those uh those over the top ones that they tried to get in week one um i think even with again a a player who can try to take away half of the field and and jalen catalan i think sark is going 
going to get some guys open. I think the running backs are going to have something to do with that. I just think the offensive, uh, I think the passing game is going to, is going to factor in heavily. So if yours, if mine happens, yours probably happens. Xavier worthy goes for a hundred. Nice. That's that's my posture. I think Xavier Worthy goes for 100. I, love I really it. like him this week. Uh, I think he's just I, – I don't know if Arkansas has the defensive speed to keep up with him. And I think that's going to be a, a matchup that they abuse this week. Kyle, what's your defensive posture, Domus? Number two, what is it? So I, I think um, I'm going to go the the opposite way. I was going to try to, you know, uh, to, to squeeze in a special teams one because I think there's a chance for the special teams to jump off. But I don't know how I want to – categorize that as a stat so i'm going to instead going to look at the defense and i think the uh the the fighting ham bones the pork gels the uh the bacon the what do we call them you know the pork rinds the pork rinds there we go that's not a bad one i, chicharrones. I think i think los chicharrones de arkansas uh will will rush for less than 100 yards um so in this game i think uh you look at what they did against rice for success they got almost 100 yards from their quarterback uh and then they got you know over 100 yards from Traylon smith and the running back so that's i feel like i'm taking a risk with this one because again it's in the history of texas football there's been a lot of quarterbacks who were quick who just got a got an edge and, and gave us nightmares you know and so i'm i'm one big kj jefferson scramble uh away from from hurting myself with this one but i really think Texas is going to execute well on offense like we both talked about. So that's going to lead to them wanting to pass the ball more and him not being able to, to run as part of the game plan. So I'm putting all of those things together and saying Texas is going to give up less than 100 on the ground. Okay, bold. That's a bold, it is bold. prediction. My boldest bold in years. Prediction. In years. <laughs> that is quite – we've been doing it for years. Three years, really. So I think that Texas will keep up the multi-sack streak. And I think they're going to have at least two sacks of the mobile quarterback, KJ Jefferson, which again, you got to remember he's a dual threat guy. So this is actually a, quite a high number for a guy who's going to be running quite a bit. Yeah, Gerald, I think you and I both agree. That's part of my, you know, OV being the player on the defense. I think they're going to be getting after him, uh, getting in the backfield to, to mess with his rhythm. I think getting those sacks, I think that's a, that's a safe bet. I, I, I bet two is is easy. You're gonna want to you're gonna want to double or nothing me and go for four. Uh, you know, at some point. Hard pass. Hard pass. <laughs> Come on, you got to make this Hard fun. Pass. Okay, all right, fair enough. It, it's fun if it's competitive all year, Kyle. So that's it, and we will actually have our post game live stream this week. We appreciate your patience with us last week. Kyle was at the game, and I came down with like a non-COVID respiratory infection. So that was great. Uh, but we're here. We'll be back on Saturday after the game for all of your Facebook and Twitter and whatever else live stream needs. All right, Gerald, let's close it out with some Godzilla Tron. What have you been watching on your giant screen? So didn't do a lot, a lot, a lot of streaming this week because most of last weekend was filled with college football, and I don't honestly watch a ton of TV Monday through Friday. So uh, we watched, we do Friday night movie night with the kids, uh, and so we watched the Paddington movie. Which, if you haven't seen the Paddington movie, it is arguably one of my favorite, favorite family movies to watch. Very funny, very cute. There's like 
you have to have you may have to have like one uncomfortable conversation at the top of it because you know he there's a there's a familial death in the you know, death in the family early in the movie but other than that like and I say early not a spoiler it's like the first thing that happens uh but it's really it's charming it's funny like it's british so they've got that like natural level of charm to it right and it's not one of those family movies where like you're going to have to like oh this is that one awkward uncomfortable joke that they make it's just really really good uh we're still plowing through ted lasso ted lasso continues to be great uh, and then we, we're watching marvel's what if what if is also again really really fun i uh, didn't get to make it out to, to shang chi this week but we will finally find a time to see it soon because i've heard it's really good gerald i'm so glad to hear that you are part of the uh, hashtag daddington uh hive dads who love paddington i think that's a thing there's a there there is another podcast i listen to uh where one of the co-hosts often raves about watching all the paddington movies with his with his daughter and he often talks about the daddington hive so i'm glad to hear uh that you, he's in good company with uh, sharing anytime you get to share space or categorization with Gerald Goodridge you're you're, you're doing something right um again why I'm honored to be the uh host of this podcast and I'm just gonna keep talking Gerald because I know you will be self-deprecating and and you'll try to uh to 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 deflect this praise so I'm just gonna keep talking to my Godzilla Tron Gerald I uh, I finished White Lotus I think I mentioned on here I started it um interesting little show little little good show I think they, they heard they're coming back with a uh second season of it with a new cast which makes sense um you, you finished it, right? No, we haven't yet. No, oh, we haven't. I kind of want to wait until I, I, I know that you have finished it to talk about the ending. Um, there's some there's some good comedy. It's like a it's a it's a black comedy, um, but it's not an outright comedy. But there are some good comedy bits. The last episode, right in like one of its climax scenes, is like I don't even know if you laugh, but you just like gasp and and are in shock at the. It's it is a shock gag. It is a visual humor gag i guess but anyways i won't spoil it but that was just like ridiculous um i I didn't hate how it ended but it was ridiculous a bit um i liked it i liked it as a show like some of the characters on there um like seeing like he was lena dunham's kind of like still good guy boyfriend on girls and he's always played uh a nice guy so seeing him play just an absolute like jerk uh in this was kind of fun to watch him uh, do that and jennifer coolidge is, is always great um she got to be more of a star in this so it's fun it's a good show i would recommend it to folks uh, not much for new stuff that competes with it again ted lasso obviously is superior content but it's uh, it's a good good streamer it's not too long they had six episodes so finish it joe because i want to hear what you say uh about the, the 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 final act or act and a half of the show also watched this week uh my wife watched back to the future without me one and i was like she's like i'm about to watch uh back to the future two i was like well i'm gonna watch that with you actually uh happy labor day absolutely uh, and so yeah so i i watched back to the future two and we actually watched some of three as well. I, two out of all of them holds up its classic status the best for me. Um, there's just so many great... There's some cheese in it, of course. But the hoverboard scene is no less incredible than it was back then. Um, you know, the the, uh, the the first time they get in the flying car and he says, Rhodes, where we're going. We don't need Rhodes. Just the, like some of the iconic lines uh, in, the, in the Michael J. Fox uh, performance. Just great. Back to the Future 2, uh, hot take alert, holds up. Uh, I know I talked about some other rewatches that don't hold up so well. It's a classic, and it's, it's, it has a well-earned classic status. 
there you can't go wrong. I think with with either of the first two Back to the Futures, you you can. I'm gonna take it or leave it on Back to the Future three. It's fine. I'm not like a hater, but I'm not like it's an under you know an underappreciated gem or anything like that. But yeah, back the original Back to the Future, Back to the Future two, all time class. The one of those that I'm like super excited to watch with my son for the first time, and I'm like, hey Trip, let's watch this. It's gonna be really cool. You're gonna enjoy it. Uh, Except he's gonna say, Dad, I need a hoverboard. Well, fair, but that's, you know, by the time he's ready to watch it, <laughs> we, might, we might be able to get him a hover. Can, oh, can I say one more thing, Gerald? So the, the I had forgotten, I remember when it trended on Twitter, the future they go to is October 2015. We are now yeah. living six years past the Back to the Future future, and that made me feel utterly ancient. And that's all we've got for you this <laughs> week. Eat at Arby's. No, <laughs> Kyle, where can the good folks find you on the internet? You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Carpenter. You can follow the Texas Pregamer uh, on Twitter at Texas Pregamer. You can also follow all of the Austin Weathermen on Twitter because we needed it for that week one, the hottest game I've ever been to in my life on whatever those are. And you should, uh, even though this is a 6 o'clock kick, be safe out there. Stay hydrated. If you're going to the game, don't, don't drink too much of the stuff that dehydrates you. Drink the stuff that hydrates you. I saw too many people in like the, the, the wards being treated by paramedics had a 72 year old guy in my section have a heat stroke, have to be removed from the game. Be safe out there guys. It's hot. It's hot. It was hot last week. I hope it's better in Fayetteville, but yeah, follow all of the local weather accounts uh, for Fayetteville or Austin also on Twitter and various social media. You could follow me on Twitter. After all that, I am at G H Goodridge. Follow the show on Twitter at Longhorn pod. We're on Facebook and Instagram, the Longhorn Republic. Again, we'll be back on our Facebook Live following the game this Saturday. You can catch us on our Facebook page, The Longhorn Republic. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. And until next time, hook them. Hook them. Eat all the bacon you can.